0: Chaos looms, and darkness swiftly approaches. It's time to build your fires and defend the perimeter. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Perimeter. This is episode nine, and today I'm doing things a little bit differently. Normally, I'll do this show live on YouTube, and then the audio version will get uploaded later however in this case my guest has requested to remain anonymous because of his job position as a high school teacher and a union representative who is actively working against getting crt installed into the school district in which he works uh he's a advocate an an avid proponent of no crt in schools but more than that and not so much as the reason why I wanted him on the show, but as a high school teacher, he has taken it upon his own self without any prompting and without any incentive other than it, it's what needs to be done. He's reaching out and advocating for and mentoring young at-risk men who are lacking in a positive male role model. And so today, my guest will be known as Harold? Harold? Thanks for coming on the show, brother. I really appreciate, it, man. It's good to be here. Yeah, you know when we first connected on Twitter, and you told me a little bit about what you do, uh, especially trying to you know manage the at-risk youth and mentor them, and you know keep them from going down a path which is really easy to go down, especially if they don't have a positive male role model. And a lack of positive male role models in society today is it's endemic. It's where we are. And we have these young impressionable men acting on natural impulses and have zero idea on how to foster that fire that's burning within them and turning it into something that is not destructive, but warming and and safe and secure. And there's just these wildfires burning out of control and more men uh, especially in their community, should need to be stepping up the way that you are.
1: You know, I, I totally agree. And, and, you know, luckily in my position as a, you know, high school, specifically at risk uh, intervention teacher is I do have, I have availability to these kids on a daily basis. That's, that's literally my job, but that doesn't mean, you know, guys can't volunteer in their own communities. You know, I think we're so scared. There's a step out of that box, but that's something we have to kind of, you know, shift in our culture. And realize that, look, we got to do something, you know, we've been sitting back long enough, and it's only gotten worse. You know, if you want to look at the breakdown of families in this country, you know, about half, you know, are single parent households, you know, almost entirely led by women. Um, so a lot of these young men just simply do not have a male role model to look up to, they don't know what it means to be a man you know, in a single parent household, you know, the mother usually has to work a lot more. Obviously I'm dealing with generalities, but I think most people would agree with me. And if you look this up, you can look at the figures and they just don't know what it means to be a man. They need someone to guide them. Like, look, this is not appropriate. This is appropriate. You know, talking about working hard, you know, and then one thing we we bonded on, of course, was the benefit of weightlifting, you know, weightlifting. It just seems to the the person who doesn't do it, it just seems like a bunch of meatheads, you know, throwing weight around the gym. But You know, it gives a lot of these guys a purpose, you know, so if the the kids will allow me, I'll, you know, have them come to the gym after school and we'll just work on, you know, fundamentals of weightlifting. You know, these big tough guys, they, you know, like I was saying before, can't do an air squat, you know, so I show them how to do a squat and they realize, you know, wow, that was really tough. And they do it a few times and they realize what sleep does. Wow. You know, if I want to lift heavy, I got a good night's sleep. If I want to lift heavier, I got to eat better. And it becomes this catalyst for them, you know, not only to listen to you, but also they see that, you know, these little things, they they matter if they want to be big and strong. You know, something as simple as that, you know, teaching a kid or a young man specifically how to work out can just cause a ripple effect throughout their entire lives. You know, and that's something that any guy can do. You know, you can, you can find a friend or, you know, find a volunteer group, like, you know, Big Brothers, all this stuff out there. Take your time, just find every guy, you know, that, You know, a stable, you know, good family, you know, father, good job. They took one kid and just taught him the fundamentals, how to lift weights, and just showed him that, you know, I care about your progress with no strings attached. You know, God, man, just imagine that. You know, imagine how much good that could happen with that. Yeah, that's
0: a big thing right there. It's, you know, a lot of these kids, they don't have anyone showing any interest in them. Yeah, exactly. And, and, And no one cares if, Well, they feel like no one cares if they do well or don't do well. And, you know, most teachers, sad to say, the public school system, which one of the main reasons why I homeschool all of my kids, it's, it's basically like the judicial system. It's assembly
1: line education,
0: you know, it's uh,
1: so much. It's so bad. I cannot, that's a whole nother topic of conversation. I cannot stress (laughs) how poor (laughs) the U.S.
0: I mean, you're right there on the front lines
1: of it, so you know, but. (laughs) You know, like I said, we have a an assembly line
0: justice system, and and we also have an assembly line uh, education system. Kids come in one end; all they have to do is just shut up and sit down long enough to memorize something, and then recite it one or a few times. The next thing you know, they're out the door onto the next teacher until they're out on the street. And the teachers, for the majority, are just there to do a job, and it it sucks. To And, you know, and I have friends who are teachers who are passionate about, um, you know, these children and, and the way they develop and their futures and making them successful. But unfortunately, in the public school system, those are diamonds in the rough. Yep. In general, these teachers have been underpaid because, yes, teachers are very underpaid. For what in, they in have to put places. up with yeah. in most places. Now there's some places where you know they're they're paid just fine. Yeah. But in general, they're underpaid. They're over tenured. They've been there too long in the game, and they've been
1: teaching kids since 1973, and they're jaded as hell. You got it. And, and they're, not, they're not sure what to do. So they're just try. They're stuck in a rut. So they just want to run out the clock. Yeah. Exactly. Do this work. Shut up and get out of my class. It's what it becomes. And then yep. you.
0: Again, you have those few teachers and I'll, you know, I'll throw yourself into that. Those few teachers who take a genuine interest in these kids, they go, look, man, I mean, nobody's patting you on the back for anything. And as a young man, a young man finds his self-worth in the amount of regard he has from his peers and other young men or men in general. You know, that's where a man's honor is uh, accounted for in the um, level of esteem that other men hold him in. And if they don't have that, they get restless and destructive and it's just attention seeking behavior, looking for the approval of anyone they can that also happens to be a man. And that may not be a good man. You see these kids end up in gangs. You see these kids end up just, you know, random criminality, you know, uh, type behavior and they're seeking approval from someone and the ones that they're going to get the approval from are you know the you know the other members of a gang or the other criminals that they're running around with or the other equally destructive people that they're around with or if they don't even get that they continue to escalate until it's too late and then they're lost into the assembly line judicial system that gives nothing as far as rehabilitation despite what they say Got it, man. It's it is not a rehabilitative institution. It is not when, when we have private-run prisons. It's not rehabilitative. <laughs> no, they lock yep. these people up and they leave them there until the sentence is done, and they give them no other thought other than, okay, you did this, you're guilty, you go in here, goodbye. And what do these kids have the opportunity to do in there? They get a GED, and then they come out. They still they can learn a trade, but they still don't have actual life skills. You know, how to talk to
1: someone appropriately, how to
0: talk to someone, how to balance your finances, someone's no one in prison and, you know, in the prison or the jail gave them a pat on the back and said, hey, yeah, you screwed up, but everybody screws up and you're doing better now. And I'm proud of the progress you've made. And they need that, especially at such a young age. And so without having that, that's the path they're definitely going to go down.
1: Got it. And that's what we see time and time again. You know, we call them aces, you know, kids got all these aces against some single parent household, you know, poverty stricken area, you know, just all these different aces. And what happens is they, they see an older, you know, jaded individual who basically sees them as a use. I can make use of this this person. I can make them into my gang that they steal things or just make them make them one of my little tools. And the kid that no one else cares about him will mistake that for someone is caring. Like you were saying, they get pulled into a game. These people care about me. Well, they don't. They see you as a tool. And then, like I said, once you get into that prison system, you get those marks on your record. And that's pretty much it for the most part. I mean, you can pull out of it, but it's so much harder. And and most people lack the ability to end and the, and the support network to do that. You know, so like, you know, if you're talking about earlier, you know, the people I really focus on, guys in their 20s and 30s, it's got to start younger. We got to help them before they have a chance to make these mistakes because the longer on that path they go, you know, the harder it is to get them out.
0: It really is. And, you know, a few minutes ago when I mentioned, you know, that's where a man's honor is held in the amount of yep. esteem that someone else holds him in, people look at that word honor as if it's some antiquated and outdated idea, but it's a genetic thing for men. It's, yep. in, our, it's in our psychology, our innate psychology. We need to feel respected you know, what's an old saying in a marriage? Women need love, but men need respect. Yep. That's, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. And that's not just the case for married couples. That's the case for men, period. They need to feel respected. And if the wrong person goes, hey, I respect you for having the guts to, you know, jump this guy to get initiated into the gang. I respect your dedication and your commitment. If that's the only level of respect that they feel they've ever earned or at least been acknowledged for by anyone then that's the kind they're going to constantly seek out because that's the way we're wired yeah you're exactly we're right that's the way to wired it. For, we're wired to be respected and to seek things that will make us respectable in the eyes of other men versus you know oh my mom
1: said she's proud of me that doesn't mean squat it, it just doesn't, you know, and, and that's the thing a lot of women just don't get, you know, and obviously they mean well by saying that, but you got to have and she enough. Can be, and she very much well be, may be proud, but that's not yeah. what a male needs.
0: A male needs another man to go, you, sir, young, sir, are good at being a man. Yep. And they'll go out of their way to try to get there.
1: You know, and that's why, you know, it's, it's such a issue right now in this country with single parent households, like, you know, they lack that male role model. And unfortunately we'll take, you know, you know, good men to really step out outside their comfort zone to try and offer the help, you know, and maybe the kids won't take it. You know, maybe they will, but you got to try because we're just sitting there. God, it's just, I see it every day. I see, cause I, I talk about my successes often, but there's, there's more, there's more things. There's more non-successes, I guess where the kid just disappears, kid drops out. We don't know what happened to him. And I get an email or, you know, even a text or something later about how, you know, he needs needs someone to bail him out of jail, you know, and <laughs> that point is pretty much over, you know? Yeah, I mean... Uh, <clears throat> I had one kid, during, I mean, the pandemic was just brutal for this stuff, man. For the, at, the at-risk youth just, I had kids disappear. I don't know what happened to them. Not responding to email, text, anything. I've even like driven around trying to find them. They're just gone. They're in the wind. And that's it. You know, God, I hope to pull out of it, but nice if you could do something before that happened.
0: Yeah. So what made you want to go down this path? Uh, I mean, obviously you're an educator, but what made you go I need to reach these guys. Is it something that you had from your own childhood of, you know, a lack of a positive male role model, or did you have one and decided that you wanted others to have it as well?
1: You know, it's funny you say that. You know, people always assume I, I came from like a, a rougher background. I really didn't. I, I came from a very, I hate using this word because the left destroyed it, privilege background, right? You know, my, my parents were good people. They worked a lot. They went around all the time, but you know, they got along good, stable household, did decent vacation a couple times when i was younger um and then you know when i graduated college i went and uh, traveled a bit and worked worked abroad to see if i wanted to be a teacher mostly in japan other parts of asia hong kong you know south korea a bit and i really that kind of helped me really you know see the world a bit and i found out i like teaching so when i came back i originally wanted to be um, a social studies teacher that was always been kind of my interest level and stuff and i always liked the material And God, the curriculum they were teaching in social studies is so bad. It's just like you spend two weeks on World War II and two months on why white people in the 60s were the worst on the planet. You know, (laughs) you know, and it's like, obviously, civil rights, of course, is important. But the way they sell it is like you are basically and this is kind of leading into that CRT issue. But they tell these young kids that you are bad for things that you didn't even do you know, because of the color of their skin. And I'm just like, I remember when I was student teaching, I'm like, I can't do this. Yeah. You know, I was, I was getting burned out, you know, for like, <laughs> I hadn't even started my career yet. And I was just, because I had to teach this set curriculum you get observed and stuff, you don't have a choice. So I started all of a sudden my, my student teaching classes. I noticed there's a couple of guys in the back who just weren't doing, weren't doing jack shit and were barely showing up. And I started kind of taking a special interest and just trying to get to know them, just trying to talk into them, just kind of, how are you doing and stuff. And, I realized that, you know, this is, um, for one, for some reason I I, I I was good at getting through to them. Like they listened to me, maybe because I was younger, maybe because I'm a bigger guy, I don't know. But but they listened to me a little more and I started looking into you know, are other teaching jobs where you specifically focus on this. And so I got um, certified in into a special education um, as well as social studies and with specific emphasis on kids with behavior issues, specifically environmental behavior issues. So just is kids with broken homes, kids with issues, um, that needs someone to step in. And so my first teaching job was actually working as a, you know, intervention teacher at a high school. Um, and then even with that program, I realized like, you know, I'm seeing these kids for one hour, two hours max a day. Maybe I'm in their classes, supporting their learning. It's not enough because I'm still at school. I'm just a teacher at school. You know, so it's just like, I'm just like, maybe, maybe, maybe you know, you know, Mr. Harold is a little cool and a lot of our teachers, but he doesn't care. This is his job. So eventually, I sat down and asked them, "Okay, guys, what do you guys want? You know, like I—I I know you guys hate school. I don't blame you. I hate it too. <laughs> I hated it too. What do you guys <laughs> want?" I ha- work here I- and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I work here. I don't like it already. But you know, this is this is how it worked out. Like, what do you guys want to do? And one of them mentioned, you know, you know, I just—I uh, like to get in shape. I'm like, let's do it. What What do you need from me? And it's like, well, can we like meet after school in the gym? And like, can you show us how to lift weights? I'm like, hey, man, you got it. Then a couple of them are just like, Hey, we have to like, you know, what if you don't do our homework? I'm like, I don't care. This is separate from that. You, you homework. I mean, obviously I want you to do your homework, but I'm going to be there every day regardless if you do your homework or not, you know, it started with this, you know, this is one guy and then a couple more, you know, came in. This is a couple of years ago and then it just be kind of came a thing and it, it's funny because, man, the principal did not like that I was doing this. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what are you What are you, What are are you? you doing? And he's like, well, you know, they asked me to do it. I'm like, well, I don't know if this is okay. It's like, well, do, do you want me not to do it? It's like, well, I guess it's okay. It's like, you know, I'm not hurting anybody. You know, I talked to the football coach. How dare coach, you, you know, take I, an interest in these kids' dare, well-being and health? How dare you take an interest in their well-being? It's like, well, are you getting in the way of sports? You know, I talked to the football coach, basketball coach. I'm not doing it when they're doing it. You know, I already got this figured out, man. And he's like, well, okay. Like you didn't hire a moron. I'm good. (laughs) Exactly. Just rinse, repeat and get out of here and enjoy a summer break. Um, so yeah, so I took these kids after school two or three days a week, pretty much whenever they wanted to, um, and just kind of showed them the basics, you know, the big five lifts, you know, you got, you know, bench, deadlift, you know, squat, bent row, um, kind of blank right now, overhead press, of course, and then just a little support, told them how to stretch, you know, show them how to do proper form. Um, God, you know, it really, um, it really, it allowed me to still do what I do. Because if I, if I didn't, was able to do that, I would already be burned out. You know, as a conservative teacher in a fairly, fairly leftist area with the curriculum being so bad, God, I got to, I got to have something I feel good about. You know, can you get paid at work with two things? You get paid with money and paid with fulfillment. And you got to have a balance of both. You can only do money alone for so long, I think. Maybe some people are different. I'm not, but. I get paid money that, you know, pays the bills through doing a job that, man, I'm currently trying to destroy. (laughs) And then, then, you know, I get fulfillment by actually seeing these kids help. And I never asked them once about school, about their homework, because they would ask me, like, you want to talk about school? This isn't about school, man. This is workout time. Right now. Right now, this is the iron meditation. We're We're not talking about school and it's funny though because their grades all went up <laughs> yeah the thing. They, they, it, they, it's, it's,
0: it's funny how that works too right yeah. you know <sighs> this is such an important thing that people miss out on when they're trying to connect with young men you know it's always that one teacher who sits back and you know and and they'll go so why don't you uh if you're having trouble at home or having trouble with this, stay after school
1: and we'll talk. None of these young men are going to talk. Hell no. People and don't get that. They don't, they don't want to sit and chat. You need activity to do. Like God, you, so and I,
0: you and I, this is the first time we've talked before, but it's the first time we've heard each other's voice. And this is the first time yeah. we've ever seen each other's face. Right? True, yeah you and I never met whatsoever or even talked if we happened upon each other in the woods hiking and then oh we're gonna huddle up here uh, because it's pouring down rain and th- thundering and lightning so we're gonna huddle up under this you know rock you know outcropping over here just to stay dry and keep from getting hit by lightning and chances are while we're there hey amen. Uh, go grab these sticks. Go grab these sticks. I'll grab these over here. We'll try to get a fire going to stay warm. And while we're doing that, we'll probably end up telling each other our whole friggin' live stories. And we're complete yep. strangers. Why? It, because we're doing <laughs> shit. Yep. That's all it is. I, I mean, it could be simple as we're sitting there in the park watching our kids play. And oh, look, there's a tree. Hey, I, hey man, I bet you I can hit that fucking tree with this rock over here. Next thing you know, <laughs> I find out that you, you have a third nipple on your back that
1: you know, was bitten off by your cousin, Jenny, when you were five. That's quite a a tale of fiction there. Is that real? Really happen? (laughs) (laughs) No, you know, but that's
0: how like far we will go. If just talking to other men, if there's an activity we're doing, but but at the same time, you and I could go fishing, never say a word to each other and it would be the greatest time ever because it is a, Activity. These young kids and these young men that these teachers want to somehow be reached will never be reached just by talking to them. You yep. have to get them involved in something, and the more physical it is, the better. Mainly oh, because yeah. these young men have more testosterone than Rosie O'Donnell.
1: <laughs> all right, and especially they're, they're just, jaded young men with all this energy; they're not sure exactly. where to put it. It's going to go in I'm the fights it. at school or fights outside of school. Help them lift, run, whatever. You know, I, I I work with the track coach at my school, the same deal. It's like, hey, man, you know, this guy has got potential. He's going to be a little rough at first. You know, we have a little power. Because some guys want to run, and that's great. I was a track runner in high school. You know, I didn't get bigger until I was in my 20s. So if you want to sprint, you want to jump, that's great. Just move, man. You know, my passion yeah. right now is for weightlifting. But as long as you're moving, you know, that's that's the way to do it. And that's why oh, exactly. coaches, you know, a good coach can change a kid more than a good teacher most of the time, I feel like. Exactly. Especially in young men.
0: Now, may not be the oh, case yeah. with young women. Um, yeah. I don't know because I've never been a young woman. Um, <laughs> but for young men, every young man I've ever mentored, every young man I've ever had the privilege to teach how to do anything, whether it be my own sons or this random young guy at the gym that comes up to me right mm. it's always it's it's like magic when you see that 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 switch flip of i've got no idea what i'm doing i have zero confidence in the ability to do this thing and then you show them how to do it and they start doing it and then that switch and it's like a magic thing happened and all of a sudden they get it and they just open up with everything hey man you know i've been trying this since i was 12 and you know my uncle did it and that really pissed me oh, okay slow down tim
1: let's let's <laughs> this becomes well, a dumb do- because they, they had no one they, they respected or had any I respect for and someone took the time to interest is like oh my god i got so much shit i want to say
0: yeah, and it, it's it just like you pop the cork on a champagne
1: bottle and it's all
0: pouring out uncontrollably and they didn't
1: even realize they had that much in there. They were just pissed yeah. off about something. Yep. And that, that's when people talk about, you know, therapy has to be in a room with some person with a doctorate in a nice chair and saying, "How do you feel?" and they just don't get for men, especially young men, that just doesn't work. It just they doesn't don't know how they feel, much less they, yeah. don't, they don't even know
0: why they feel it. You know, they yeah. don't even know that they resent that thing that happened over, you know, five, six years ago or what. They don't know they resent that. And that's causing them to harbor these, um, what, you know, now we can look at and call attachment issues. You know, in attachment. <laughs> you know, seriously, they're, they're yeah, you are Right, I'm,
1: I'm laughing because you're and, just right on. I mean, you should be a teacher. You, you know more <laughs> than almost every educator I ever talked to. I'm, I'm being completely serious. I'm not I'm not being facetious here, man. You have a better read on at-risk youth, than I'd say because teaching schools don't teach this shit. You know, no. I think they teach this crap like how do you? Feel cookie about cookie cutter the color and white.
0: It, it, it's cookie cutter curriculums and oh, like I said, garbage. assembly line education. Yep. There is was one uh, with these young know, men. sorry Uh, no no you're fine go ahead I was was just gonna say with these young men you know endemic as it is of not having uh, a a male role model you would think we should just have one in every school on standby is like hey any guys after school just want to go play catch you know or go throw rocks at a tree go talk to (laughs) coach coach Harold over here and he'll just be like all right let's go and all these young men will be doing so much better
1: Oh, God. Yeah. And, you know, districts, they try and do this, but they just don't sell it right. You know, they get these guys with like a master's or even a doctorate in like psychology or something. It's almost makes them more useless. Yeah. You know, they don't they don't know what they're doing. You know, it's like, hey, kids, do you like the current band? You know, what's that? What's that mean? You know, it's just they don't get it. How are you, you fellow kids? How are you, this? fellow kids? Exactly. <laughs> you need a You need a guy who doesn't say a whole lot, that has an activity they're interested in. And you, God, you can't force it. You can't force a kid to go see. You have to make him interested in trying it out. And you have to realize that you're not going to get everybody. We have yeah. kid A. Kid A needs help. Kid A will work with him, guaranteed. Like, no, it doesn't work like that, man. I don't know. When you were younger, probably the same as me. If someone told me to do something, I made a point not to do it. I'm still know? that way. <laughs> exactly. That's, I kind of, I kind of, my wife complains about that a little bit. It's like, I'm, I can't tell you to do this. Like I know you're, you know me a little better. yeah like I'm still that guy you know uh, oh I have
0: to well now I'm gonna go out of my way to flaunt not doing it yeah but that's these that's how that's the same mindset as a lot of these young men you know I grew up you know you know kind of rough you know my dad died 30 years ago I was a kid I don't have I literally have no memories of my father other than like five second flashes right I had a stepdad he was a piece of shit I had an uncle that adopted me he was my mom's brother when he adopted me he was the best man I knew and he taught me everything that I have ever learned about being a man up into the point where I
1: became a man that's great man and if it
0: was not for that even though he didn't you know Really have any effect on me until after I had got done being pissed off
1: as a teenager, telling him he was wrong about everything. <laughs> right? But, it's the know, and that's something that I want to bring up back. too. That happens when you when you're getting through to a kid. They're going to be more pissed off at you at the start. And a lot of people don't seem to get that because they're testing you. Does yeah. he actually care? I, I bet. You, I bet you'll walk away if I do this. It happens I bet all you the if time. If I piss him because... off enough, he'll yeah. just brush me off and he'll he'll he'll
0: be like all the others. Exactly. And when you go, no, dude, you're an asshole, but. I mean, I, I was an asshole when I was your age too. So come on over here and we'll be assholes together. You yeah. do that too? You do that for a kid and you, you, yeah, you're an asshole, but I mean, you're kind of cool. So let's go asshole. Let's go throw a ball. Let's go hike a mountain. Let's go, you know, throw some iron in the gym and, you know, grunt toxically. <laughs> let's same, same. do all these things. Thanks. Yeah. Let's, let's, Let's tell locker room jokes, high five and get, have inside jokes together. And then, you know, just. Fellowship with other men and let all that bullshit out stuff that you've never had before. And you don't even know why it makes you feel the way it makes you feel. But when you, when you have it, you're like, I never want to let this go again. And what's cool about what you do is let's say you only reach one out of 10. Well, that one. Will more is more likely to reach others now. So you're yep. still exponentially increasing your reach with every single one you you reach and make a difference in.
1: And unfortunately, that's usually how it is. You don't reach all. Of them. I mean, most of the kids don't come back, but you get the one or two that do. And you're exactly right. You know, and you're hoping that in the end, I keep cause I keep track of most of them. I mean, they they they'll email me, text me. When, once they graduate, I give them my cell phone number. Just, say, hey, you can text me. You know, even, even rare occasions where it's a particularly bad kid, I'll still give my text message just because I'm worried about him, just in case he really you know, is in a pinch. Um, and that's what, I, you know, going back to what you said earlier, I think that's where most people kind of back out is when they, they start pushing. They start pushing back. They start getting really, oh, he doesn't care about me. Watch this. That's why I always tell them, because I'm also a mentor, a uh, teacher, trainer. And that's why I always say, if, if they're getting more mad at you, it means it's working. And I think people need to realize that. I think that's where the, a lot of um, people that want to help, that want to guide, they struggle is you have to, if they're extra mad at you and you don't know why, it means it's working. It means you're doing yeah, a good
0: it's, job. It's it's a defense mechanism for them because yeah. they've never had someone in your position give a shit about them. And so it feels weird and alien. It's like, I can't even remember what the hell it was There's, some movie where a guy ended up hugging uh, another guy and the kid was like freaking out and like, what, what, the, what the hell are you doing? He was like, Sla- no, no, no. He's like, no, no, come here. It's all right. And he gives the yeah. dude a hug and he's like, oh,
1: that's what this is
0: because he had never happened before.
1: Right. The exact scene and, from Goodwill hunting, you know, when, when, he's yeah, hugging. that's it. I love that. That movie, was man. it. That's it. Yep.
0: Yeah. Nobody ever gave a crap about that kid other than, Hey, I'm impressed with your talent. And you're kind of cool. You, you know, we'll we'll use you to pull party tricks at bars and at parties and you know whatever, um, because you can recite every textbook ever. That's cool, haha. But when someone gives a shit about you, and no one ever has really given a shit about you, in a relationship that is non transactional, yep. it's And that's the a non transactional
1: Exactly like yeah. right. the way to put it. That's the key, non transactional. You yeah. get nothing it from. Feels it feels weird. Yep. And the only thing you get out of it is knowing that that kid
0: is on a completely different path than he could have been on. And you had something to do with that. And that means you've done something to make your little mark on the
1: ripples that that kid's going to create. Yep. It's an, it's an investment in society's future. You know? and It's a, it's a good feeling. Yeah. And what's, what's, a, what's that old proverb, you know, societies flourish when old men plant trees that they'll never, used for shade they, you know they'll never experience the shade and yeah never experience the shade you know I, I always go back to the Greek and Romans man that's kind of one of my you know so that's I always love that quote it's right you know people invest in the future that they will never enjoy but they know that their descendants will that's yeah. I, I actually have a friend who planted yew trees in his yard so that his grandchildren
0: can make bows during the apocalypse <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad you planted those that's that's a good way to put it That's awesome. No, No, Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, these kids are, if we can reach them, if we can help them, if, if someone comes up and makes a difference in a kid's life in a positive way, and then he goes, all right, so maybe I don't go down this path with these assholes that I realize were just using me as a tool. And then I turn around and I just live a good life. Whether I know that I'm mentoring someone or not is Irrelevant. I people tell me all the time, I get DMs, hey man, you've thank you for all the help you've given me. I'm like, I've never heard of you. And, <laughs> and I'm like, I've never heard of you. Well, yeah, but I read your books and I read your blogs and I, I've read your tweets and I followed you forever. And, dah, 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 dah. and I just want to say, you've really helped me. That's the thing about being a mentor. This kid, the kid that you reach and help. He could be, he's mentoring people. You're mentoring people that you don't even know you're mentoring because they're watching you.
1: And yeah, you're either going to point. be,
0: you're either going to be an example of what to do or an example of what not to do, but you're
1: mentoring everyone that ever comes into contact with you. Yeah, and that's a, it's a good feeling. That's a, that's a good point. Even the ones I don't talk to, I've, I've definitely, people, people in the hallways will mention, you know, you know, hey, Mr. Harold, you know, how you doing? I'm like, hey, you you <laughs> look
0: good to see, see your it. face.
1: You yeah. face. Yeah. I recognize that face. Probably, I, I, I do kind of stand out. You know, most, most teachers are kind of the intellectual type kind of like I'm, I'm a pretty big guy. You know, I red beard kind of stands out a bit. So I think, I think that alone pulls kids in, you know, it's, it's not, you know, it's ideally it'd be nice of what wasn't the case, but when you, when you, when you put on bulk, you know, when you get a big guy, people actually gravitate towards you you know, guys, guys and girls, both, you know, it's a mark of, of a disciplined person. If you can be lean and cut, it shows that you can focus and you have skill and people will come towards you. That's what a lot of people that, that like lift weights don't seem to understand. And once you have that that build, it, it shows, it shows a lot about you as a person. Um, that's fine. I'm like, I always go back to weightlifting. Sorry, man. I I just, no, no. I, just I mean, love, I, just I mean, love talking weightlifting. I mean, you know me. I'm in the gym seven days a week. Um, oh, you're I was a tink, I, I, Those, uh, I have people, weighted chin ups, man. You're probably pulling people left, left and right. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I have people come up to me all the time. He's like, "Hey, can you give me
0: a spot?" And like, I've never, you know, I was like the five foot four kid. You know, I didn't have the growth spurt to get where I am now until I was like 15. So at 14, I'm five foot three. And even now in my thirties, I'm only five, seven. So it was only a three inch growth spurt, right? I'm a (laughs) short dude. And I was always that small wiry guy that, you know, if you wanted me to run 87 miles, sure, you wanted me to one handed crack a walnut. I'm sorry. Let me get a hammer and a cinder block. <laughs> I was that, that super shrimpy kid. Right. And it's always the coolest feeling when I have people go, Hey man, can you ask, you know, come give me a spot. I look over and a dude's bench in 315. I'm like, yes, yes, I can. This is the ultimate <laughs> compliment. It. it does it. Right. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. I, I love it too. And when you see these people who have these whatever backgrounds whether they're, they come from a privileged background or a poverty background or a a good home or a terrible home or an orphanage mm. you know and you see them go into the gym and you see them they get that first bench press with the bar and then okay and then a few months later because they stuck with it you see them they first put on those 45s and they hit 135 pounds for the first That's time big deal. Yep. yeah and and the kid probably weighs 145 pounds and he's just all of a sudden in his head he's hulk hogan and he-man combined <laughs> right yeah this is and that starts that that it's like like i said it's that switch when it flips and these kids see it and even with these younger men, 20s and 30s, I know we're focusing on the kids here. Uh, but even, you know, me, when I first deadlifted over four plates, I was just like. <gasps> big, big deal, man. Yeah, my wife's looking at me like, did you just pull that? I'm like, you did right I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know. But that's a feeling that never goes away, no matter how advanced you get, right? Yeah. Like I'm gonna have that exact same feeling if I ever pull 500 pounds. You know, I'm working. I'm working on that now. I'm at 440, and if I get 450, I'm gonna have that. I'm he man feeling. If I get 460, I'm gonna have it again. Over it, and it never goes away. And it's it's so easy to equate these small incremental. Increases and improvements in life with the small increases and improvements that you see in the weight room. So it's, it's a very yeah, it's an easy analogy to make. Exactly.
1: Perfect. And it's well, great, I agree more. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and it's a great way to get young men to become more confident in themselves if it's something they've never experienced before and no one's ever believed in them. They even if someone doesn't believe in them but they can start to believe in themselves. They don't fucking need someone else, yep. right? They carry themselves better. You, you, then, you successfully released
1: them. You know, yeah. you gave them like, skills. You are free of them. your
0: own prison, man.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Free your own prison. I can tell you're a writer, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to, I, I've read all your blogs. I have to start getting your books. I'm just, I haven't read a book in so long. Isn't that embarrassing to say? I need to like break the seal. I think I'm going to break the seal on getting some of your books. So I really enjoyed reading your blog. So I, got yeah, to I appreciate to that, man.
0: You know yeah. I have more books and my wife and I were actually talking about that this morning. Um, we had just gotten back from the gym, and we had a letter from my son who is right now he's in Fort Jackson at basic training. That's awesome. So I'm reading it, you know, and then I look over and I see this giant pile of cardboard boxes that we have in our living room that were delivered UPS yesterday and it's just more books because we homeschool the kids and they you know yep. they're, they're homeschool books and i'm like looking down the hall we've got nine bookshelves in the house and they're all full and we've got more books that are just turned sideways on top of the books that are in the shelf and i'm like i gotta go buy another shelf or build another shelf one i don't know i probably have to go buy two more shelves and uh you know that's the one thing we have more of in this house than anything is books and it was really cool. As a writer, I get other people who are writers. They will send me their books. Hey, hmm. here's a book. Read it. I'm like, I'll add this to the stack. <laughs> Just keep on
1: them up. on top, huh?
0: I'm like, I, you know what? I'll send you one of mine. Here, cool. But I, I've got... of books that people write and send me, and that I'll buy if I I know the author. Hey, I'll support this guy and put it out. Yeah. You know, I'll buy it. And then it sits on the shelf forever because I don't have a chance to actually read them because I'm writing my own or. I'm dealing with clients or you know, podcasts like these being, a you're a
1: busy a guy. <laughs> put, put, yeah, put, it, I, put it subtly. You're a pure a busy guy. You know, what's funny
0: <laughs> is I read more or I, I, I consumed more books when, cause I don't have a nine to five now I work whenever the hell I want. Right. Yeah. But when I had a strict six day a week, uh 12 hour a day, nine to five, I read more. It's weird, you had time right?
1: built in for it
0: kind of thing. No, it's because whenever I buy a book, I buy it three times. I buy it in paperback or hardback. Um, I buy it on Kindle and then I buy it on mm. Audible. Okay, so makes sense. on the way to work, it's playing on Audible. When I'm at work, earbuds are in. It's playing on Audible. On the way home from work, it's playing on Audible. And then if we go out somewhere, my wife's just running it in the store. I pull out my phone, open Kindle, and I can read from where it was left off, or <laughs> I can listen to it on Audible. Like if we, you know, if I'm inside a waiting room somewhere, you know, I pull out my phone and read from there. So I'm reading the book in three different locations. Maybe a few pages of the paperback before bed. Uh, but you know, no, if, I don't have time to do that.
1: <laughs> so that right travel. there, I, mean, I don't go
0: to work anymore.
1: That's great. And if kids that struggle with reading just did what you just described, they would not struggle with reading.
0: <laughs> I mean, it, it now it does activate two different parts of the brain if you're just exactly. listening to it versus reading, right? Because reading oh. does a whole lot
1: more. But well, if you can listen to it while falling along, ah, that would yeah, just that kind of, fix of play the so movie much. in
0: your and you know yeah, play the movie in your head as you're listening to it. It's easy to just kind of get into a flow state of whatever you're doing if it's not. Uh, very cognitive work. You know, I worked in an assembly on an assembly line in an automotive manufacturing factory for six mm-hmm. years, listening to, you know, Moby Dick and Musashi, That's and um, just all of Jack Donovan's books. Every time, we- or podcasts, books. You know, uh, the Unabomber manifest- manifesto. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, I read that. It really is. Like, That's a god. It really Beck is. is. But, you, but, you know, was a mind. Yeah, but you're playing the movie in your head, and it takes you away from wherever you're at. So it's, I guess, you know, if you have a job you hate and it's not very, you know, cog, it doesn't require a lot of cognitive uh, skill to perform your tasks, then yeah, use that as a form of escapism. But yeah, we don't have uh, any room for any more books, and I keep buying them. That whenever my friends write them, I just bought one yesterday that my friend wrote. I did, but you know, it's one of those things
1: everybody in my house loves to read and well then that, that means you're a good homeschool teacher. You teach a kid, you know, to enjoy and respect reading. That's so much right there on its own, you know? Yeah. But the, the cool thing about it is it depends on what
0: they're going to read. Right. So it's going to depend, if it's going to depend on what the book is about to get the kid interested, Yeah, it's also going to depend on the activity to get the kid that you're trying to reach, right? I'm trying to bring it back, you know, around here because we went down the rabbit hole of books and reading, but <laughs> just like, you know, just like, you know, not every kid is going to want to read Moby Dick. Some of them want to read, you know, the 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 Reardon books where they talk about like, uh, was it Percy Jackson and the Greek gods and all yeah. that other, you know, like those With all the vampire books, bazillion yeah, vampire yeah. series books. Yeah. yeah. Every kid's going to be different, but if you can just find the one thing to connect them with so you've connected with all these young men with weightlifting and weightlifting is in fitness and strength are pretty much universal things for the majority of young men oh yeah but there's but there's guys out there that want to go volunteer maybe they're just not into lifting maybe they're into running well you're gonna then go find kids that want to run go find kids that want to fish go find kids that want to learn archery you know, get your Cameron hands on, whatever. <laughs> Just something, and you're like, you know, with like what you're doing, you're not gonna reach every kid. Not every kid's gonna give a shit about that one activity, but that's fine. There's other guys out there. If they step up to the plate, they'll get the ones that don't.
1: Yeah, and you're exactly right. Um, my, my specific niche is the the kids who the wanna be punk kids. And the wanna be punk kids, weightlifting does definitely transition pretty well, usually, obviously. But the other kids out there, the ones who are, you know, they, they dive into some, you know, the, the world, the, the deep, dark world of the Internet. They got some niche thing. That's, that's, a, that's also a difficult group to read. It's also hard to know exactly what they want. So I am kind of lucky in that I deal with kind of the rougher kids because weightlifting pretty much always transitions over for them. I, I've never had a guy who wanted to be tough, not want to go weightlifting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, most, of them, most, of them, most of them don't show up at, towards the end, but the ones that do – um, they they get a lot from it, and all of them at least try it. But you're totally and right. There's there's a good there. Ninety nine
0: percent of your wayside male youth all want to be tough. They yeah. all walk around, chest puffed out, peacocking. You know, you got a problem <laughs> with me, bro? I'll throw hands. They've never thrown hands in their life. But you put them yep. in a boxing gym, or hey, man, go deadlift this thing. You know, go load these Atlas stones, right? And they start doing it, and they realize, okay, yeah, I actually am tough. The need for the posturing and the acting like an asshole goes away, and they become better people.
1: I had a this one kid. Uh, he didn't. I, I didn't. He didn't ever want to go to the weightlifting with me, but I was still connected with him a lot. Um, and he was a he was a boxer. He was all about boxing. He was a wild kid. He got into boxing not through me, just on his own through his. It's, it, well, actually, it's funny. An uncle helped him out. He was a single parent kid. His uncle, kind of what happened to you, got him involved with boxing. Saw real interest, and so he was all, became all about boxing. And like we talked about, his grades went up. He did better. And there was this funny situation that because I had to go down to remediation because this kid got in a fight. And what happened was is they're taking the bus home, and this this dude he, uh, he sat in the back of the bus. Just he was kind of a loner, kind of kept to himself. You know, good shape, liked the box, kind of a loner. Um, and this couple of these punk kids who said, "Hey, hey, you know, you know, loser, you like know, get out of the back." That's where I see you. the guy's like, "I'm not gonna move. You can sit next to me." Didn't move, and so all right, we're we're gonna you know beat you up. It's, it's almost like a little story here for like the 50s or something, you know. <laughs> and so the guy on the bus at the bus stop, and these two kids went after this dude, and he just beat the crap out of them, just block punch, block punch. they were both down. He asked them politely, "Are you done yet?" One of them got up, knocked him down again. And so, "Are you done yet?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then um uh, some kid filmed it and went to school the next day and the principal to his credit didn't punish uh the one kid who actually knocked him out that bad he really didn't i respect him for that because he didn't he, he defended himself and he asked yeah, his all yeah, yeah. video just him not like kicking him when they were down so he got i think like a couple of detentions or something um that's just another example of just you know once you get that strength you get that honor from someone else it, it makes you calmer you know like you're saying it makes you have more respect for it um, god you know it's it hard not to be not to hide my glee when you told me that story <laughs> like that's ah, just yeah. great man. You, you know you approach that right you know i don't know well, hopefully the kids <laughs> who got knocked down learned a lesson too
0: <laughs> oh of course you know i think everyone needs to get punched in the face at least once totally agree. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I, I understand your feeling about feeling sheer glee, you know, um, like I just told you my, my, my 17 year olds in basic training right now and my wife's birthday is coming up. And so what did he do? Because he lost his debit card and he, he doesn't get to use the phone to, uh, get a new debit card from the bank sent to him. So he's having to just basically his entire basic training paychecks are just going into the bank. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he's hustling to make more money. And I can't mail in cash. Cause it's going to get jacked. Right. Yeah. And so he's like, no, 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 dad, I got this. What is he doing? He's boxing in the laundry room
1: for cash. <laughs> I, think, so I, think, I think I saw your post about this on Twitter about that. That's yeah. Crazy.
0: And so he sent, he sent his mom some of the cash that he earned for her birthday since he's going to be in basic training over her birthday. And I'm like, my wife's freaking out, like, oh, my God, stop fighting. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so happy. Like, I I, I could not contain my, I'm smiling now, because, I mean, no one's going to be able to see this, you know. Yeah. But I'm smiling now, because, I mean, the kid's like, I'm, I'm just fighting. Why? Mm-hmm. People paid me to do it. People, you know. <laughs> We, we all put money up and we box in the laundry room at night. Oh, <laughs> cool. And my kid, you know, it's cool because my kid went in there, you know, with no ability to get cash out of the ATM because he doesn't have his debit card. Yeah. yeah. So he would if he'd have lost, you know, That's a good point. I didn't think about that part. It's true. Yeah. He went in there broke and said, all right, I'm going to fight. And so he had to fight to get that first win. And now he's got money to gamble with. Uh, but you know, it's true, and it, I respect the crap out of that principle you were talking about because that that rarely happens. Oh, you defended yourself from this kid stomping on your face? Well, you're kicked out of school
1: because he he could have kicked the kids when they were down. That's what he kept saying. I'm glad you said it because um, the principal and me butt heads a lot. But in that case, I, I agree with them. He could have kicked them when they were down. I mean, they wanted to fight him. They called him an idiot. They they you know, and he he just he knocked him down. He said, "Are you done? You know?" And it was just. Yeah, i'm glad i'm glad i'm glad he did that i'm glad the principal didn't punish him more because oftentimes they punish those kids more just because he's a better fighter oh yeah
0: it's not like it was back when we were kids you know i mean i used to watch people you know hell i got into fights and we would go to the principal's office and he'd say well you stay after school and you clean the floors and shut up and go back to class like we didn't even call our parents (laughs) yeah yeah there wasn't the, 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 the zero tolerance for violence, which in reality, it's zero tolerance for standing up for yourself is what it's come down to.
1: And that's what it is. It's, it's zero tolerance for standing up to yourself. The, the biggest issue I see a lot is um, cyberbullying, where then the kid will respond at school like physically. Like this one other kid a couple of years ago, he was he was dating this girl, one of my kids. And the old boyfriend was like harassing her on whatever, what Instagram, I guess calling her sorts of names. So he asked her to stop. He asked him to stop harassing her. He wouldn't do it. So he just punched him in the face <laughs> and said, look, if you keep doing this, I'm gonna keep punching you in the face. And it says the principal did punish him, but I don't know if that was really just a bad thing. I don't know. The kids call- calling her all kinds of horrible things online, you know, saying like har- like harassing her, at a, bugging her house at night. And the kid asked him to stop. He didn't stop. After he knocked him out once he did stop. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, like I said, yeah, there's I lessons, know, like there's kids, lessons learned in getting punched yeah. in the face. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, it, but look at it. Like Cyber is one of
0: those things that I never had to deal with as a kid. You know? Oh, it's horrible, man. Um, I had so many problems. Oh, I mean, the the internet wasn't available until I was yeah. like ten. <laughs> so, you know, it wasn't like something uh, that I had to worry about growing up. And by that, by the time I was and had the internet and people were still trying to figure it out with you know aol instant messenger and shit but uh good old aol a, man right yeah. but with the with the cyber bullying you know i hear stories of these kids and there was a story here this girl she was in the sixth grade she was being bullied and it happened at the school here in town. And she was being bullied. Her mom was like the band teacher, or orchestra teacher or something. She was being bullied at school. Uh, I can't remember
1: the exact reason.
0: The sixth grade, she slit her own throat.
1: Oh my God, you know, you hear about that. And every time I hear, I still get just shocked by it. And I'm like, you know, like when just, I, when I, when awful. I,
0: when I heard that, it was so hard for me to process. Because it's easy to put a pistol to your head and pull the trigger. It's easy to, you know, slide open your wrist or jump off a building or wrap the rope around your neck and jump out of the tree. But this little sixth grade girl, she's horrifying throat. And that tore my heart damn near out of my chest just to hear that, because how hurt do you have to be? To go to that point, how hurt and abandoned and hopeless do you have to feel man. to get to that point? That's 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 a that's a whole different thing, man. Of cutting your own throat.
1: A sixth that's just, grade. That's girl. just truly. I I can't. Just horrific. You know, and, and it, you know
0: it's this cyberbullying thing. Imagine if it had been allowed for the friends that this girl had or for this girl herself to walk up and just crack a lunch tray over the person's head or person's heads. Right. And just yeah. duke it out to stand up for herself. But you know, her mom was an administrator at the school. She was one of the teachers and this, the way it went down was, you know, mom wouldn't let her do anything and told her that she needed to be the bigger person and do nothing. <sighs> And these kids aren't allowed to defend themselves and these kids aren't even allowed to defend others. You know, nobody was allowed to step in. And so when we're we're punishing people for standing up against evils, we're punishing people for standing up against wrongs. And then we're abandoning these kids. Yeah, by saying You're just another Another number on the page at this point. We're just trying to get you out of here so you can go to college. And because we've got people behind you that we have to put up with um, when you're out of here. So just hurry up. And for teachers to take the steps that you've taken uh, and show an actual interest in actually giving a fuck about these kids,
1: man,
0: my hat is off to you. You have my utmost respect. Because well, thank I, you. Want, I mean, coming I from
1: a guy like you, that means a lot. You know, I really respect you. So I, I, I appreciate that. Thank these, you.
0: I don't ever want to hear another story about a kid killing themselves because they were bullied. Oh, God. I mean, I know I'm going it's, to, but.
1: Yeah, we will, unfortunately, but it's never, it's never.
0: But you, you would think that if, and I don't want to project and paint a bad picture on that mother here, but let's say hypothetically that girl's mother was one of those. Well, you know, her image and reputation, because she's kind of popular in the town. If her image and reputation mattered to the point where I can't have my daughter getting in trouble at school for fighting. And that's how she felt about it. When really she should have been telling her daughter, you know, beat the shit out of her until she's bleeding from every orifice and show her it's a bad idea to bully you. You know, that should have been the, the thing that happened. And I'm not, I'm, again, I'm not gonna make the claim that that's how the mother felt about it. But obviously this girl never was able to stand up for herself. And we've got young men, we've got young women out there who never stand up for themselves. They have no one that believes in them. And if you're a teacher, you're a mentor, you're a father figure for a lot of these kids that they would never have otherwise. You know, you said you've got all these people that just kind of gravitate to you in the halls. You don't even recognize half these kids because you've never taught them. They're not in any of your classes, but they know who you are and you stand out. And you stand out for more than just, you know, being a big burly guy with a, with a big red beard. You stand out because other kids that you give a shit about tell people that you give a shit about them. You know, hey, he's cool. Yeah, he helps me do this. And we need more people
1: like that, man. We do. I, I agree. We need we need men to willing to, to talk to men and be honest about it, and just and, and go the extra mile. You know, it's so easy to say those words like going the extra mile, get 150 percent. But there's so many people actually do it? That's why I mean, I, I respect coaches more than most teachers, because a lot of coaches, I feel like are willing to do that more often.
0: Oh, 100 percent.
1: It's rare you'll hear about
0: a teacher showing up at someone's house to talk and like, hey, you're all right. A coach. No, oh, yeah. hey you weren't yourself today at practice today what's going on let's go get exactly. some pizza and talk a coach will do that and yep it may, maybe you know it's just like i said a man thing but we have the majority of teachers are female we have very oh, few yeah. men getting into the field and if we could balance that out good men not these
1: you know feminized uh, men substitutes men, men apologists like to call them men apologists yeah, the, the they, man apologist. apologists apologists you know 92 percent you know of elementary school teachers are female 92
0: right at the age when they're most impressionable
1: because they're the most time impressionable they get, by the time they yeah. become
0: teenagers they're jaded and people like you have a lot of extra work to do
1: it's still it's still majority female at a high school level but it's definitely a lot closer to 50 but Elementary school, you know, like whatever, K through six, it's like 92. Oh, man, because so you, so you combine that with a single parent household almost always headed by women. He's a young boy. Oh, he's got he must he must have ADHD. Oh, he must have some kind of disorder. No, he doesn't. He doesn't like school. Of course, he doesn't like school. You're not supposed to. <laughs> he's told to sit down, be quiet, yeah. and shut up and sit still. So I mean, no boy can do like, that put them in a special class you know it's bullshit man. they just they just need someone they can relate to and understand that it's okay not to want to sit down all day you know that, yeah. that's why i'm such a big proponent of just school choice man But look, open well, up the free market break up this monopoly man let's get some school choice going i mean not just how do you feel CRD. about school segregation by, well, what do you mean by, by sex and all, i mean i think that should be all an boys and all, i think it should be mandatory See, I think I, I do. I'm all about, you know, the free market. So I think the biggest problem I think we have with public school system is this. It's a monopoly. You know, I, I thought we're not supposed to like monopolies. But people forget that public school, you know, in most states headed by or by a teachers union. It's a monopoly. You know, I think we should try because U.S. education sucks. I think we all agree on that point. So if it sucks, why are we still supporting this broken monopoly? Open the free market up. You want to try segregated school? Let's do it. You want to try schools where tallie stem focus let's do it you want to try schools where you only hire professionals as teachers let's do it you know let's try them all you know we, we got 50 states we got millions of students there's got to be within one of those trials we got to figure something out you know i read a couple of years ago about this charter school in upstate new york it was in harlem and it was an elementary school where they had physical activity tied to every single class math class half the math class was playing basketball History class, half the class was you know outside playing, and the and kids were just excelling, they loved it, you know. So you get 20, 25 minute shot of you know some intensive learning, and you go play outside, you do what you want. You can, you know, run around, play chase, play basketball. You know, they had fantastic success, and what did they, did they do? The union had it shut down. No, we can't have competition. Of course, a monopoly wants to protect a monopoly. You know, I'm sick of these uh these unions. They're they're the teachers union, the big ones. They basically say we have to support kids. You have to support kids. You so I'm getting on a rant right now. I apologize. Oh
0: no, you no, should, no. You, That's gold.
1: Yeah. You shouldn't app- you should you should be welcoming. Ch- if you think you're doing a good job, why are you afraid of competition? You know? Yeah. what, if you're, what you're doing, they they doing such a great kids. job and if we're doing if you're
0: doing such a great job and your idea is the best, then you should have no problem watching everyone else trying something different failing.
1: If you're doing this a good job, you should not be afraid of competition. It's basic. It's unarguable. I mean, a lot of states right now are working on banning CRT using, um, you know, the, the 14th Amendment and the Civil Rights Act. And I think that's all well and good, but it's got to be a step further. You can't just ban CRT because I guarantee the, te- the teachers want CRT in classrooms. You can ban it all you want, and a lot of them are still going to sneak it in. So instead, you have to take it a step further. Focus on school vouchers. You know, a law in Arizona just tried to pass this term. It was actually, it was a transparency law where all curriculum and all, more importantly, all behavior referrals had to be open to the public. I also like that in theory, but once again, it's really hard to, to document that when the people who are supposed to do it don't care about it, you know? So I really think school choice is is the packs, uh to try and fix our system. And I don't know what else it would be. Um, eh,
0: I, I can see that. Uh, you know, my whole thing is I just, I'm, I'm a really big proponent for
1: all boys and all girls schools. And that's a great, I'm willing to give that a shot, man. And there's some places like that. They've
0: done that. They did that for decades, generations.
1: They did that. Um, well, a, a lot of private schools are doing it right now. You know, and it has it, yeah. and a lot of them really love it. I think it should definitely be an option that we should try on a bigger scale. I, I'm, I'm all for trying any, anything that's not what they're doing now. How about that?
0: (laughs) Anything You know what? That's that's exactly where we can
1: leave that part right there. (laughs)
0: Anything they're not doing now, let's try that.
1: But because that was, you know, it's, it's funny. We all have, you know, what's that hashtag woke breaking point? You know, mine was, um, we had, it was a couple of years ago for a while. I just kept my head down, you know, as most people do. And what, but finally set me on the path to whatever I'm doing now (laughs) Annoying people on the internet. Um, <laughs> hmm. It was, um, there's a situation where a teacher was uh, sexually harassed um, by by an Hispanic student. Um, the, basically, the student asked her how she liked to get fucked. In the middle of class, you know, just plain as day, teacher ran out in tears. Um, you know, she was a young teacher, pretty good looking, freaked out, ran out in tears. It wasn't my class, it was just at the school. You know, I just we just heard about it. Um, What happened to that student was that he was moved classes, but he was not punished because of his cultural, different cultural norms. Then, take it a step step further. My children are half Hispanic and they don't freaking talk like that. Exactly. Took a step further. Two days later after that, in another class, another teacher, another student, happened to be white, um, asked the teacher, asked the substitute teacher out on a date. Claim was a jokey, but like, he got suspended for three days. I mean, I got to say, the first incident is worse. I mean, if I had to choose one, but the other kid said because his cultural norms were different, he got suspended. So now we got this kid.
0: There's who, not a cultural norm out there that just asks random uh, women who are in a position of authority or um, whatever, or just women in general to,
1: you know, how do you like to get fucked? Just in a, the, in a there, essentially a public setting around around your there's her no
0: culture there's no culture out there where that's the norm.
1: Exactly. You know, it's like, it's like and that kid is now gonna go thinking. Or that's what do they okay. do? That
0: fuck a stand? Come
1: on. And he's gonna leave school thinking because he's a semen this happened that that's okay, that's acceptable. You know, people focus on CRT that it's it's very um, only anti-white, which it is anti-white, but. Where I think it has the biggest effect is it, it teaches, um, you know, people from different backgrounds that it's okay to to think less of yourself. You know, I think that's more dangerous.
0: See, that was the issue that we had with it. You know, my my wife is Hispanic. All of my
1: children are yeah. mixed.
0: The issue was when my children were told that they were lucky and privileged to be half white. Ah, God. The fuck? What the fuck is right? And, and that's I'm a like, big. The,
1: the,
0: like, well, what did you just fucking say to my kids?
1: And you're well, in South because, Carolina.
0: Yeah. And, you know, well, because, you know, um Hispanic people are statistically uh, content. Please continue this sentence. Please. <laughs> like, uh, if you, ooh, I, I really want you to keep talking right now because at that point I was the next word was going to set me over the edge. So I was like, go ahead, please finish your you're sentence. Up. You're, yeah. you're going to sit here and, and tell my kids that they're lucky. They're half white. Uh, I, look, this anti-racism thing. oh, It's just racism. It's just being racist. It, it's, it's just racism. <laughs> just racism. You know, my wife oh. in it, you know, I've, I've, I've experienced you know real racism you know being married to a hispanic woman some of it for my own family mad because uh, they i'm sorry i like, don't like, oh, give a shit fuck them they're dead yeah, fuck them i guess you're right <laughs> yeah but but i've experienced it and it sucks and it's terrible but i think what felt worse was the condescending racism of no. oh you're poor you let whitey save you being told to my kids and get the fuck out of here who the fuck do you think you are what the soft are you trying racism of
1: low expectations
0: yeah the soft racism of low expectations no no, no that hispanic that hispanic boy in that classroom who asked the teacher uh how do you like to get fucked and they said it's okay and he didn't get punished because of a difference in cultural norm so you're saying that you should have lower behavioral expectations of someone just because they're hispanic fuck yep. no
1: that's what they said that's that's what what that kid got taught that he is allowed to do these things because he's he's less human i mean that, that's what they're saying exactly you know, it's sick well you, you're not from a civilized culture yeah Exactly. So
0: we, we don't punish you for being within your, nat- it's no, it's in no one's nature to just randomly
1: ask a fucking woman how she likes to get fucked, get the fuck out of a, here with a that. A teacher, you know, like in class, in front of your, I mean, in a public setting, it just. Yeah,
0: that's not a cultural norm anywhere.
1: And that was it. That, that's what snapped me out of like, like I gotta do something. And and that, yeah. and then it's funny. Everybody, everybody does jump
0: on did. the, everybody does jump on the, well, you know, it's uh, uh white people are inherently bad and all this other, and I won't go as far and this is just from my own perspective. I won't go as far to say that CRT is strictly anti-white. I will go as far as to say it is strictly le- how do I say this? It strictly leans towards like what you you and I were just talking about the soft racism and the low expectations of anyone who's not white so that people who are white need to be more understanding of whatever and also apologize for anything that, uh, they were ever lucky to get. Yep. Look, how about this? How about this? If you're a racist, you're an asshole. If you want me or my children, uh, or my wife to apologize for something they've never done, Regardless of whether it happened from someone from from my race or their race or whoever's race, you can eat shit. If you want my children to believe that they are somehow uh, expected to perform at a lower level because they're not white, then you can also eat shit. And how about we stop trying to teach this to our kids and stop trying to teach our kids that some people are worth less than other kids based off of their skin color or ethnic background or whatever culture they hail from. What's it going to be next? All these poor people that came from the 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 poorest areas of Southern California while well, they're white. Yes, I know, but it's okay if they steal because they're poor. They can't afford stuff. We're going to excuse it. No, we're not. There's a yep. standard code of behavior. I don't give a shit whether you're red, white, blue, green, polka dot, or whatever. There's a there's a standard code of behavior and trying to say that codes of behavior are
1: subjective by race is racist. It's it's I cannot think of a better way to rip apart society uh, than critical race theory being jammed down kids throats. They teach yeah, you. The everyone's fear behavior is different. subjective to their race. That's 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 yep. ridiculous. It's it's terrifying, it's ridiculous. It's also being used to hide a lot of failings in schools when they go and talk about, you know, it's like, well, they're they're failing everything and it's just because of the color of their skin. No, because you don't teach them anything. Yeah,
0: the teacher sucks. And so the they go, sucks. well, we're, well the teacher sucks. No one's learning anything. Well, why is why is the majority of the class failing? Well, the majority of them are Hispanic, African American, Native um, uh, African American, Native American, Indian, indigenous whatever, you know. They're they're the who's from Whoville or whatever. You know, now all of a sudden, oh well, well, we're gonna have to change our grading policy
1: for them yeah. because we you have get to on the head, things. Man.
0: No, no, you don't Give them all you a's. just need to get
1: a teacher that doesn't suck. Yeah. Unfortunately, every every t- teacher in school, all they all they focus on is this crap, the CRT yeah. stuff.
0: Because they that's uh,
1: that's what they 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 never only look at it from those two angles. They either look at it as,
0: well, these kids are of an ethnic background that is not white. So They learn less or they look at it as these white kids over here are outperforming them, which makes it imbalanced. They never look at it. No, 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 no. It's just that the teacher sucks. If you had a better teacher... All of the kids in that class would be pretty much passing. If you had better school conditions with smaller classrooms and well-paid teachers and actually put effort in giving a shit about these kids and stop treating it like an assembly line, then these kids would be passing. But no, they go, well, the teacher doesn't suck. It's just that the majority of the class is kids of color, which is another fucking stupid thing. Persons of color. It's, It's colored people backwards. It's still
1: fucking racist. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's, I don't, it's, know, it's I don't know how they do this mental gymnastics to see it differently. And now that's the biggest yeah. problem I have Why is people, I don't understand how they think. Like, what led you to this conclusion? Yeah. Racism my is wife, bad. My wife, will, racism?
0: my wife will beat your ass if you say that she's a person of color. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> you know. Good for her. Yeah, I mean, but, but it's it's ridiculous. And it I think I only recently made that connection. Uh, that they're not looking at it as the teachers suck. The CRT, you know, is that they try to act like it's this, uh, well, it's this agenda to de-whiten America. No, it's fucking not. It's just a cover story for having shitty teachers and a shitty education system, and they try to do these mental gymnastics. You know, they're not trying to de-white America or any of that bullshit. America's never been white any goddamn way. It's America. You know? it's, yeah, it's just fucking America.
1: Just an idea. But,
0: yeah. But what it is, it's a cover so that they can justify their own failings of being shitty teachers in a shitty educational system that hasn't
1: been overhauled since the 1920s. Yep, it just gets worse every year. Sometimes lease and bounds, but it's always on a trajectory to the bottom. Exactly. Uh, oh, test scores are going down. It's because they're racist, so we shouldn't have testing. <laughs> no, no, no.
0: It's because all of your teachers suck.
1: Because all your teachers <laughs> suck. Yeah. That, that's one of the biggest things that people push back on. It's like, well, we, we got to just, we got to free the teachers from the schools. Like, but what, what if the teachers sucked? You know, I'm just, and then people have a hard time accepting that.
0: Yeah, it's not that the test was too hard for kids that are not white. And it's not that tests are somehow traced back to some, you know, white supremacist in history somewhere in some obscure random book footnote of history. It's that the teachers suck. Get better teachers and these kids will be fine. The color of their skin has fuck all to do with it. But that's what that's this. It's again, it's easier to blame something else like, well, inherent systemic racism or no teachers. These teachers suck. Some of these teachers might even be racist to where they're not giving these kids a fucking uh time of day that actually need their help because they're not white maybe you should start
1: looking there at some of these it's, it's, teachers the white the of white savior race. idea lies he just the white savior mentality it's like i'm i'm gonna bring up these people uh, i'm gonna let them pass because the system's against them anyway
0: I'm like no you just suck as a teacher so maybe stop sucking as a teacher and do your fucking job taking interest in these kids and they'll pass without you you know looking down on them like you're saving someone who doesn't need to be saved they just need the fucking same level of education and competency in a teacher that everyone else does how about you teach them how to read and write (laughs) yeah you do that yeah why why don't you work on that part teach them how to read and write you know instead of just passing them because you feel bad for you know their uh their his their culture's history well you know you know back in feudal japan they weren't i'm gonna pass him what the fuck? Teach them how to read.
1: <laughs> Can they read? Yeah. Well, the tests are racist. No, they're not. It's a it's a passage. It's not a racist passage. It's just a generic passage. Exactly. They can't do it because you didn't teach them how to do it. Exactly. Man. So we're
0: getting up right here to the end of the show, because, and I, ha- I have to do this a little differently. Um, and it's going to be completely up to you. You wanted to remain anonymous.
1: It's um, frustrating. It's embarrassing. But. Um, I just and, you know no, I I've, com- seen, I've seen what happens when teachers push back they get walked out. I just I'm I not completely ready to understand. And you know what? What
0: the work you're doing with the kids you're doing the work with is more important than you show in your face or say in your name. So if you're interested and you're and you want to, uh, you can share your social media handle where people can connect with you to talk with you um, about this right here on
1: the show. And you'll still be just Harold. Right. Just, I mean, yeah, send my Twitter, Harold FH, or my ProtonMail, FH at ProtonMail.com. I'd love to talk to anyone with questions. Excellent.
0: Yeah. Um, normally, I, you know, <laughs> I didn't know if that's the route you wanted to go again.
1: Honestly, I didn't know where work... this was going to go. You asked me to come talk, and you seem like a great guy, and I love having a good conversation. I, I had no idea what the end game was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, the the work you're doing is important,
1: what you have to say and, and how you've helped these kids
0: and I don't know anybody I, I I don't personally know a teacher like you out there and if you're a teacher or you're an educator or you know a teacher or an educator that has taken this level the, that Harold here has done where they keep track of these kids after they graduate they keep track of these kids over the summer and they just do it on their own time what they can to connect with these kids go high five them go take them out to dinner go tell them how amazing the work they're doing is because no one does that because they you know are obligated to they're doing it because they feel they have to in their heart because it's something that needs to be done for these kids they're not doing it for personal reward no one goes in their own time quietly and chooses to remain anonymous in the public and does this thing, um, you know, for anything that has anything to gain for themselves. So if you guys listening know any teachers, coaches that are doing, that have the same level of commitment, go tell them thank you, right? And if you want to connect with Harold, like he said, the the link to his Twitter um, and his email will be in the show notes of this episode. And, you know, this episode's available everywhere that you can find a podcast, iTunes, Spotify, wherever. Um, But that's going to wrap up this episode. It's episode number nine. And we did this one really different because of the circumstances of the guest wanting to remain anonymous. But just because his message was so important, I couldn't say no to it. And I had to have him on the show. And I'm really... I really hope you guys got something out of this. And hopefully, some of you are even inspired to take it that next step and try to start volunteering in your community to reach these kids that desperately, now more than ever, uh, could use a positive role model to get involved with them and show them that they actually have someone that gives a shit about them. But that's going to do it for this episode. So, you know, Jeff, can, say, of, can I
1: say one final, just one final blur before we go here? That'd be okay? Absolutely, brother. For, your parent, for your, all the parents out there, um, pay attention to what's going on in your school district. Go to school board meetings, ask questions. People assume this CRT, low expectation stuff has only happened on liberal states. It's not, it's happening everywhere because all teaching schools are the same. So if you want a small thing you can do, pay attention to school board elections, pay attention to what's going on in your school and ask questions. Um, just if you do that, that right there will help so much. Thank you, Jeff. I just want to make sure I said that. Oh, 100%. I, I fully endorse that. And if things are going the way that
0: you don't want them to go, regardless of how much you're keeping an eye on them, homeschool is yep. always. Did a not agree more. It sucks at first. I'm not going to lie. I, I have nine kids and we homeschooled um, seven of them, but uh, listen, it is. Worth it if you can't. I understand that some people have financial situations where they can't make it happen. If you can make it happen, that will be your next best step. But
1: Harold, thanks for coming on the show, brother. Absolutely, my pleasure. I really had a great time, Jeff. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Um, maybe one day we'll be able to do
0: this again and you will have to remain anonymous.
1: Well, you know, ideally, I'm you know, as, as anyone that's, you know, worth your salt trying to do. I'm trying to become financially independent of my job so I can go out and, and say it. Um, that's my goal. I may, may, or may not get there, but man, I'd love to show my face and I'd love to just rip apart my school district. So hopefully, hopefully <laughs> I can make that happen. But you keep working, <laughs> you keep working on it from within, man, you're doing yeah. great work. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. Now for those of you listening, uh, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode again i hope you're inspired i hope you've learned something i hope you have questions i hope something in here uh triggered you to say you know what i'm going to find some way to contribute to these people and these young men and young women out there
1: because ladies this
0: is for you too yeah but if you can think of any way that you can contribute to these kids that need a solid father figure or for ladies a solid mother figure and make a difference in these kids' life. And you could be the only person that ever tells them that you're proud of them. And you can be the only person that has ever shown them that someone cares about them. And you can change their life with that. But that's going to do it for this one. Thank you all for listening. And as always, defend the perimeter.